Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I'm your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in SST on Apple Podcasts, App, Spotify, and on YouTube. It's time for Week 17 picks. Week 17 already. Can you believe it? No, I can't believe it. Here we are. Two weeks left in the season. Some of these games matter a lot. Some of these games don't matter at all. Some of these games matter for half of the opponents. And that's our job now to parse through all that and try to give you guys some ideas for your own picks and try to provide some winners. We're coming off a week where we combined at eight and seven, a combined winning week, or I was four and one, my fifth straight winning week, and Pat and Mark both at two and three. So Pat Boyle, my friend, two and three. I think we both got bad beated hard with the Eagles plus four and a half. But how are you feeling right now? Yeah, yeah, it feels like a lot of those lately. But, um, you know, look, not going to get to 500 by the end of the regular season. But I believe there is a mathematical chance I can get to 500 if I go on an absolute tear through the playoffs. And that's exactly what the hell I'm going to do, Pete. It's time to stop crying about picks that didn't win. And it's time to make a goddamn push here. Just like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are making their push. Just like the Giants made their push and are basically now playoff bound. It's time for Patty Boyle to make his push. And I'm pushing for the cushion. <laughs> Let's freaking go, baby. I love it. Mark, are you feeling similarly to Pat? Are you feeling rambunctious? No. No, <laughs> not, 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 not at all. Um, like it took Pat 16 weeks to decide to make a push. Um, I don't know when I'm up, when mine's going to come. I take 18, 19, 20. But you are in games under 500 right now. What in the other right direction in, again? You're in striking range. If for, You just need a mini bender uh, or heater, I should say. I shouldn't call it a bender. Bender is probably negative. Uh, Pat needs like an extended heater. A, a mini heater for you, Mark. We'll get you right back into it. You were knocking at the door for a few weeks there, and now these two and threes kind of just keeping you at bay. I think the last three weeks are three and two, three and two, two and three. Mm. Can't make, can't pick up much ground. That's uh, that's not going to get you all the way there. Not going to get you all the way there. Um, for the record's sake, we got, as, as I'm updating here now, we got myself, and I'll put this on the screen here for the YouTubers out there watching on YouTube. Um, but for myself, I'm currently sitting at 43, 35, and two with my two pushes over there. And uh, Pat, you are 31 and 49, and Mark, 36 and 44. So that's where we are right now. Uh, my only L last week was that Eagles plus four and a half. And Pat, I know you said you don't want to harp on things that should have, could have, would have anymore, but that one stunk, man. I could have had my first five and O week of the year, and they were right in line to cover that game up with Gardner Minshew playing decently well, Devonta Smith looking fantastic, and then Miles Sanders coughs it up on their game-winning drive opportunity right off the jump, and there goes the cover on that one. But, you know, we're not going to complain right now. We're on five straight winning weeks, so that means I don't go first. I definitely don't go first over here. Who's going first over there? You guys both went two and three. Pat, you've been going first a lot lately, so I'm going to give you a break. Mark, why don't you kick us off here with our week 17 picks? But before we get to that, I do got to tell you guys something. 
The NBA season is heating up, and there are so many unknowns. I mean, have you looked at the Western Conference standings? Uh, the one seed and the seven seed are separated by one or two games. It's insane what's happening in the NBA right now, but there's still plenty of opportunities to get some future action in through DraftKings Sportsbook. And right now, the MVP race is starting to be talked about a little bit. If you listen to any of these podcasts, you heard me talk about Jason Tatum going from over plus 1,000. Now he's up to plus 250, or I should say down to plus 250. So maybe he's not the guy to get the value anymore. But guess who still has some good odds who's absolutely crushing the NBA right now? You don't want to hear it. It's Nikola Jokic officially up to the fourth highest odds here in this regular season, Nikola Jokic plus 600 to get a three-peat of the MVP award. And I know what you guys are all saying. He can't win three in a row. How could he possibly win three in a row? Joel Embiid's going to cry. It's Jason Tatum. It's Luka Doncic. It's Giannis. No. Nikola Jokic is right there again, and he is absolutely crushing it. Breaking records getting his name said with Will Chamberlain more than he possibly should. The passing, the shooting, the defense is better. It's incredible to watch this man, Nikola Jokic, play. And guess what? The Nuggets are the one seed in the Western Conference. And if they continue to be the one seed, that plus 600 is only going to go down. So you might as well throw a shekel on it now. And where else would you do it? But DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And check this out. That's for new customers, but this one, this one's for everyone. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. You go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, which combines multiple bets to increase your odds, like which team will win, who's going to get 10 rebounds, Who's going to score 20 points? All that fun stuff. Even if you don't like a side, you can still get some action by betting on some player props and some game totals, etc. And the more legs you add, the bigger the boost and the bigger your chances to win. Download the DraftKings app now and sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's just get this one out of the way. Uh, two teams, New York Giants money line, leg one. Um, mainly because Nick Foles is terrible. Now, would I be shocked if the Giants go out and I play like absolute trash yet again? Absolutely not. Um, every, every time I seem to take them, they just don't show up. Um, but we're going to trust Danny, Danny, uh, Danny Dimes to, uh, to get it done. Uh, he's the new franchise QB, according to uh, Pat Boyle over there. I really hope that's not the issue. I mean, I hope that's not the case. That man should not be getting anywhere near $150 million. Um, but, hey, it is what it is. We're stuck with him as of right now, and he should be able to get the job done against Nick Foles this week. Um, and then, like, two, we're going to take the Philadelphia Eagles money line. Uh, regardless of whether Minshew or Hurts plays, um, the Eagles played more than well enough last week to win, even if with Minshew playing. So taking on the Saints on the uh, at home back at Lincoln Financial Field, I can't see the Eagles dropping another game here. Too much talent. So Eagles, Giants, a nice NFC East parlay, minus 110, like one. Pick one. Pete, Mark, I'm going right back to the well. I want to be hurt again. I am riding <laughs> Tom Brady into the abyss. Now, they won my, my one pick last week. One of the only two weeks, uh, two wins I had, 
and they had to come from 16 to six down. It was just another lifeless showing offensively for Brady and the Bucks. But look, and I say, but the look, it's but look every week, and then I still end up either sweating or losing on the Bucks. But I'm going back to it. I'm going back to Brady playoff. This is basically win, and they win the NFC South, and they're going to host a playoff game, and. I'm taking the Bucks and I'm taking Brady. And like I said, I'm riding into the abyss with them. Bucks money line and under 50 and a half. Same game parlay, plus 100 odds. Uh, Sam Darnold's been pretty good, right? He's embraced his game manager role. That was an article I read this week from CBS Sports. Um, but he's still Sam Darnold, right? And like this mirage that the Panthers have, I think, fooled people into thinking that they're going to win. I feel like it's more so just they want to see Brady lose. Panthers have been terrible on the road this year. It doesn't matter if it's Darnold or if it was P.J. Walker. Their one win on the road this year came a couple of weeks ago against Seattle, who is collapsing maybe probably more than any other team in the NFL right now. Bucks coming off the overtime win on the road at Arizona on Christmas night. And this is, again, I'm just backing Brady to be Tom Brady, which hasn't been very good this year. Uh, Collinsworth, you know, it got to the point, I think Collinsworth spoke for all of us where he missed a pass and Collinsworth just goes, yeah, I, I, I got nothing, man. It's like watching LeBron miss a layup. I know Mark will have uh, probably enjoyed that one. Um, but at the same time, the offense, I'm hoping Tristan Wirfs plays that offensive line has been terrible this year. That would be a huge boost. And the fact that I think he's put in back-to-back limited practices heading into Friday, uh, is looking pretty good, and he played the entire game on Christmas night, even though he apparently re-aggravated his ankle injury. I think there was a lot of getting these guys rested throughout the week. Same thing on the defensive side. I would be stunned if the following players, if any of these following players do not play, even though they've been questionable at the week. Vita Vea, Anthony Nelson, and the linebacking core, Jamel Dean, Mike Edwards, Antoine Winfield in the secondary. The only one I'm worried about is Carlton Davis. Uh, who's got an injury. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play, but everybody else that's starting on that defense should play. The Buccaneers defense still has been very, very good this year, even with Shaq Barrett going down, even with the secondary missing some time. So again, they're going to load the box. They're going to try to stop the run with Deonta Foreman and and Chuba Hubbard. And and when they do that, they're going to force Sam Darnold to beat you again. He can game manage if they have a lead. He did it against Detroit. That's because Carolina ran for 350 yards. They're not running for anywhere near that against Tampa Bay. That run defense, not as unbeatable as they were last year, but they're still only giving up 120 yards per game on the ground. So Brady at home, Brady with the playoffs on the line. I'm going to ride with him again. Bucks money line under 50 and a half. Well, Pat, you did it last week. Let's do it again. My first pick. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go right there with you. And if you guys have been following along this year, you know that I've been very prone to betting the Carolina Panthers. I've been teasing them up at a number of spots. I've been getting them involved with a lot of picks to varying levels of success, but mostly good. Mostly good. I've been I've been actually pretty good with the Panthers. I had them in a teaser last week. I, I had them straight up uh, two weeks ago where they lost to the Steelers. That kind of disappointed me. But, but for the most part, I, I've been betting the Panthers a lot, especially in the teasers, and to a decent degree of success. To all the points that you made, Pat, you know, it sounds like everybody kind of wants to fade the Buccaneers a little bit right now. People are feeling the Panthers hype a little bit. They're talking about how much they can run the ball here. And then we're going to talk about Sam Darnold still being the quarterback here. And the fact that the Panthers could kind of only win if they get up early. 
right? For the most part, you know, they can come back on some teams late, but it happened almost against the Falcons, but mostly they have to get up ahead. The, the Buccaneers have only been winning games from behind. I'm interested almost in, in for a fun bet, not for one of my actual picks of Panthers first half Bucks win the game, right? Like that seems like something that's going to happen here. I could just picture it right now. The Panthers are running the ball. They're up by 10. All of a sudden, now it's the fourth quarter. Tom Brady's coming back, just like he's done for almost half of his wins this year, if not more than that. It's ridiculous, but it's something that's actually taking place. And that being said, with all the uh, all the, the thoughts about the Panthers coming in, who I've been kind of rooting for this year, who I'm still kind of rooting for here to make the playoffs, and, and if I'm wrong with this pick, so be it. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are actually showing a lot more cash on their side. So right now at minus three, you can get them, and it's a 50-50 split on the tickets, but 65% of the money is coming in on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So for all that being said, I'm right there with you, Pat, except I'm going straight on the Buccaneers there at minus three. That's my first pick. All right, pick two. forgot I was going first this week. Uh, going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs money line. Uh, it's going to be my only pick. Just kidding. We're going to pair that with with somebody. They're minus like 750, whatever it is. Um, look, they won 14 in a row or 15 in a row against the Broncos. Um, if all it takes for the Broncos to get started now is Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler coming to Russ's defense on Twitter and they're going to look like world beaters now, so be it. I can't see it happening. Uh, Kansas City should roll in this game. Uh, so that's going to be leg one. Don't need to get too much into that. Denver can't even score. Um, and then leg two, I'm um, going to trust the commanders in a must-win game this week at home against the Browns who have been eliminated from playoff contention. Um, I'll be honest with you. I thought that Sean Watson would look a lot better than he has, and he has not yet for whatever reason. Um, and that's, that's basically the main, main reason driving, driving this. Um, they got, they really don't have much to play for, or they have nothing to play for. And the commanders are mathematically still holding the seventh seed, I believe holding off green Bay, Detroit and Seattle too, as of right now. Um, it looks, I think Wentz is also going to get the start this weekend. Um, so, you know what, Pete, you said back in the beginning of the year, if there's a pick you hate and you don't, you know, feel good about it and you make it anyway, this is my first one of the year. I've, I've succumbed because, to it. Because of Carson Wentz. Because of, because of Carson Wentz, who I think is a joke, but I think, so basically, are, I think the Browns are a bigger joke right now because the commanders are at home. I think they get the W. I like the defense to be honest with you. So, which is which is a totally fair assessment, but I'm saying just based off this pick here, you're you're basically saying I'm just going to borrow the Chiefs here to get the Commanders money line. Like that's kind of the yeah. breakdown on this parlay, right? Exactly right. Exactly right. And All just right. basically blindly backing the Commanders because they still have plenty to play for. They're home, and honestly, I like their defense better, and I think they'll be able to move the ball enough. There you go. All right, Patrick, and the pick number two. Another same game parlay, another divisional matchup with playoff implications. The absence of Tua Tungavailoa, who I think has been terrible lately anyway, and I've loved taking every shot at him that I can this year. Unfortunate that the reason he has missed the time this year is because of now was seemingly a third concussion. Didn't want to see that. You never want to see that. Um, but the offense has been uh, sputtering a little bit in the last two out of the three last games. The defense has been giving up a ton of points. So season on the line in Foxborough, I know the Patriots have been terrible, and that's why I'm not picking them to win. But I'm going to go same game parlay, Patriots plus three and a half and under 48 and a half minus 110 odds. Let's start with the under here. 
Um, I think this under could hit on its own. I think it's at 40 right now, 41. Um, here's a, a nice little trend for you. Divisional games this season, the unders 44, 28, and 1. That's 61%. And you want to go a little historical under as well. Late season divisional unders have gone, have hit at a 58% since 2003. Now you factor in that you got Teddy Bridgewater under center. You factor in that the Patriots offense has been terrible. And you factor in it could be 20-mile-an-hour winds in New England on Sunday. Not going to be all that cold. I think it's going to be like mid-40s. So that's, you know, it's not going to be freezing. There's going to be a ton of wind. And I obviously like the under even more. So we'll get it up to 48 and a half. And then, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, we used to call him Teddy Covers. We might have to find a new nickname for him. He's one in four against the spread in his last five starts. So he's no longer the the Teddy covers that he used to be. And, you know, again, the couple of games that he played this year, they're all a huge drop-off, huge drop-off. So the Patriots are obviously going to play the shell defense. Belichick, the thing he does better than any other coach is take away your big weapons. So he'll probably take away one. Of, it's kind of tough to be take away both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. They will take away one of them. And then again, you got Teddy Bridgewater under, under center. Um, the one thing on the defensive side, Bradley Chubb seems like he is truly a game time decision as they're calling him. If he's out, that limits the Dolphins pass rush um, against the weak offense. And that should give Mac Jones a little bit more comfortability. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, it looks like he's going to play on Sunday. Hunter Henry, not so sure. Even if he doesn't play, you would have the other tight end, Jonu Smith. So I like having that blanket for Mac Jones. And um yeah, again, it's not going to be pretty. I don't think this game is probably going to be close. I, I think it's going to come down to the final five minutes. I would not be surprised if Miami wins. They're not winning by more than a field goal. Patriots plus three and a half, under 48 and a half. I've almost like made a vow to myself to not force myself to care about a Patriots game because they're so annoying and and like and like just boring. And like they, they, what are their redeeming qualities, right? Like what is the redeeming quality of the New England Patriots team? Uh, a decent defense Ramondre Stevenson like three weeks ago when he was healthier. Like I, there's nothing that excites me about watching them. So I like mentally almost forget that they're on the slate when I'm, when I'm making my picks, but like, you know what I mean? That this is a game where they feel like a, the right side to be on Pat. So I, I don't mind what you're doing here because they, they seem to take care of business and they have no business being in this playoff race here, but here they are. And now they have an upper hand possibly on the dolphins because of the two injury and, and again, hope he gets well soon and figures himself out and, and whatnot. But yeah, the Patriots, man, what a, what a weird, what a weird world to watch this Patriots team. All right. I'm going to go to my second pick. I'm going to uh, use my first teaser of the week. And that's going to do a, that's going to be a standard six point minus minus one twenty, Like I've been doing all year for the most part. And I'm going to utilize the Cleveland Browns at plus two and a half to get them up to plus eight and a half. Couple things go into this, uh, into this thought here. One of which is the Browns defense has been a little bit better of late since Deshaun Watson has returned. They haven't been really scoring a lot of points. They haven't been giving up a lot of points either. So I, I have some sort of trust in this defense to put some pressure on Carson Wentz and then Taylor Heineke in the fourth quarter after Wentz throws two interceptions. Yeah, that's what's that's what's going to go down here, perhaps for this Commanders team. That's what seems to happen whether Heineke starts or Wentz starts. When they're both healthy, it's always going to be a little bit weird if things go awry when they're trying to make the playoffs and Ron Rivera wants this team to be in the playoffs. I think eight and a half points is more than enough. That's why it's the perfect teaser leg to start off this one. My second part of this is going to be uh, the Minnesota Vikings, a team that I loved betting on last year. I loved putting in teasers last year. For the most part, I've kind of stayed away this year, Pat. And we talk about the Vikings all the time and how much I love betting on them. I haven't bet them this much. 
that much this year because they haven't really covered that many spreads. They've been winning all these super close games. Been really weird. It's been kind of ugly, but they've been getting the job done. We all know the record and kind of what they've accomplished so far this year. But this is an opportunity for them to go against the Packers. They're plus three. They don't have nothing to play for. It's not like they're going to be sitting everybody. They have a chance to position themselves uh, as best as possible in this NFC playoff race. I think they're going to want to do that. They're going to want to compete with the Packers. And there's got to be a little bit of pride factor here on the NFC North front that they can knock the Packers out of the playoff race right now. Everything has kind of fallen in line for the Packers here. I've been on this for a couple of weeks. I talked about it uh, on, on a po- couple of pods ago. The Packers' chances to actually make this thing interesting and get in the playoffs, how, how it's actually realistic. They're right there. They're in the thick of it now more so than ever. They're getting everything to kind of fall in their favor. I'm not saying they're not going to win this game. I think they very well might, but the Packers are not built right now to beat people by more than a touchdown. And with this, you get them up to plus nine. So you get the Browns to eight and a half, Vikings to plus nine, Christian Watson banged up. He'll probably play is my guess, but is he a hundred percent? Probably not. And he's their best uh, threat down the field. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, you know, it's weird. They're so talented. We love them. It doesn't seem like they're getting going very much. And the way to beat this team anyway, to beat the Vikings is through the air. I think this game is absolutely close. The Vikings have as good a chance as the Packers to win it. The Packers have a great chance to win it, keep their playoff hopes alive, but there ain't no way the Packers win it by over nine points. So Cleveland Browns plus eight and a half, Vikings plus nine, standard minus 120 teaser. That's my second pick. All right, third pick for me. Uh, I'm going to go to the three right, teams. Get right over me. We don't do an order for any just for any reason. Unbelievable. Wait a minute. Why is Mark going last? No, Mark's going first. Mark is going first. Ah, you know what, Pat? You've been so used to going first over the past like three weeks. Shut up. It's because I'm chomping at the bit. I want to get this pick. <laughs> I want to get this pick in. But go ahead, Mark. <laughs> go ahead. Anyway, fellas. Um... Broke my train of thought. Uh, it's a lengthy one. We're, we're we're back to one of these picks. Uh, we're just let's just start with the San Francisco 49ers money line against uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and Jared Stidham. I don't really think that takes too much analysis to figure out that the 49ers are probably going to win that game by at least two touchdowns. Um, and then we're going to go over to the Buffalo Bills game with the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to boost the Bills to plus seven and a half. Um, Bills, they've been fantastic in the regular season in these these big game matchups. Uh, they beat in Kansas City twice in the, over the last two years. Um, I don't know. They just they just show up in these these big regular season matchups. Um, I think they actually might even win the game, but just to be safe, we'll bump them up to plus seven and a half. And then we're just going to pair that with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen to throw at least one touchdown each. So one passing touchdown through the air for both quarterbacks. Bills plus seven and a half. And then give me the Niners to knock off the Jarrett Stidham-led Raiders this week who've thrown in the white flag on the season. And that's uh, minus 105 for pick three. You, you normally wait for, like, pick four and five to make me ha- make the uh, font smaller, but here we are. All right. Christmas came early this week, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Not the only thing that came early. hey All right, third pick for me. Three-team right. teaser. Maybe I should have been using these all year long because the one I made last week was like the most non-sweaty bet in the entire season. I had the Bengals plus seven and a half. They win and cover. I had the 49ers plus three and a half. They win and cover the actual spread. And I had the Packers plus ten and a half. They cover and they win the game outright. So let's go back to it. Three teams. Let's start with the Giants. Giants plus two and a half. Why am I not taking a money line? 
I don't know because it would have been like plus 105. So I'll take an extra two and a half point cushion. And because Pete, the Giants don't blow people out. They don't blow teams out. All I've heard on WFAN all week is the Giants, they need to blow them out. They don't blow teams out, but they need to. Okay, so they need to blow them out, but they don't blow anybody out. And nothing has been easy this year. It seems like the Colts roll over and die one week. Then they come back and they almost pull off a huge upset the next week. And when they should have pulled off the huge upset against Minnesota, they had the biggest miracle in NFL history. A couple weeks, five, five weeks ago, they play the Eagles. Probably should have won that game as well. Lose by a point. Uh, but again, I think the big factor for me, like Mark said, is Nick Foles. He's terrible. The offensive line sucks. And you can see not starting for an entire year certainly played a toll uh, in his decision making. What the Chargers sacked him seven times and um, Chargers pass rush hasn't been that good this year. They're getting Joey Bosa back, which is a huge boost for them. But anyway, Giants, I think they win the game, but I will take the plus two and a half here. Second leg Chiefs minus two and a half against the Broncos for all the reasons Mark said. Denver is dead right now. Hackett is gone. The Chiefs are still playing for a potential number one seed in the AFC. So, you know, really, you don't need too much analysis here. And, the you know, Judy, Kendall Hinton, Cortland Sutton, they're all questionable. I'm sure at least one, if not two of them, will play. But, I mean, they haven't gotten anything going all year. Russ has been an absolute nightmare. We've seen it on a week-to-week basis. And the defense looks like they've totally given up on him and on the season. So, Kansas City minus two and a half. And then the final leg, Raiders, not the Raiders, 49ers, money line, which gets us to minus 111 odds. Again, for the reasons Mark said, Jared Stidham stinks. Seems like he's like 36 years old. Jared Stidham's only in his fourth season. It feels like he's been backing up for like the last nine, 10 years. Um, But again, another team that is dead. The team stinks. The defense outside of Max Crosby really has nobody that can get any kind of impact The secondary has been horrendous. So the 49ers who are still trying to move into that number two seed so that they can uh, have an even more comfortable matchup and get a second home game in the playoffs. They've won eight in a row. The only really thing that the Raiders have going for them with Stidham under center is the run game and the 49ers shut down the run game better than any team in the NFL. So once Vegas uh, is not going to be able to run, good luck dropping back with Jared Stidham. So there's your three-team teaser this week. Giants plus two and a half. Chiefs minus two and a half. Niners money line. This was a little bit lower down my uh, picks here, but since you guys both included this game in your third pick, might as well bump it up to number three for me. 49ers straight up minus nine at the Raiders. Going for it. Big spread. Don't care. If you guys remember last week with the commanders at the 49ers, I said for my fifth pick, that I was very close to taking the Commanders plus seven. It was it was on the board. I had two different opportunities for my fifth pick. I ended up going with a little teaser, and I was happy I did because the teaser worked out well with the Bills and the Giants. I was glad. Watching that game reminded me why I was so hesitant to do it anyway. It was going to be a hold-your-nose game with the Commanders plus seven last week at the 49ers. Guess what? The Niners won by 17, and that continues the, the success of the Niners of just blowing people away. They won by 17. They won by 8. They won by 28. They won by 16. They won by 13. They won by 28. It's what they do. The Niners' defense is suffocating people. They're blowing people out. Why would they not do it against Stidham and the Raiders? And I got to be honest, part of this is because screw Josh McDaniels, man. The way he handled the Derek Hart thing, I did not appreciate 
acting like Derek Carr has been the lone problem of this team when two of his three best weapons have been out for half the season, when his own coach gets scared on third downs and doesn't want to go for it and doesn't push it. You think all these leads that the Raiders have blown this year are just on Derek Carr? Look in the mirror, buddy. It's on you, bro. Josh McDaniels, you are not a part of the solution right now. And if you think Jared Stidham's part of the solution, you're mistaken. Now, granted, you might just be trying to punt on this season and get to the offseason. You're not, not going to get fired yet because your owner doesn't have the money to pay two coaches that aren't coaching the damn team. This team probably loves Derek Carr, even if they know his limitations. He's a good quarterback. He'll have suitors in the offseason. They've had all these leads. There's a universe where this team has three more wins, four more wins counted up. They've been bad. It ain't all because Derek Carr, even though he struggled widely in the fourth quarter. That's just because of him? Nah, it's because McDaniels. 49ers defense going to mess them up again. It's what they do. They bang people around. They beat people up. They're going to do it. Hurdy's not going to make the mistakes. They're going to win by nine. They're going to win by 14. That's what, that's what I'm feeling. San Francisco 49ers going to continue their success of just knocking people out and blowing people away. 49ers minus nine. That's my third pick. Well, a guy banging you, and he banging and banging and banging. Bang. Banging bodies out there are the 49ers defense, bro. Did who played? And, and you know what, too, uh, Mark, if you remember from last week, teams that play the 49ers a week later been struggling. Yeah, I don't and care. I bet the commanders against, will break that this week. Don't care. I bet, I bet against the Seahawks last week. It worked out. Chiefs covered 10 up on them. Commanders, they're in that position this week. But now uh, the Niners got to do it to the Raiders. All right. Uh, pick four. Pat, would you like to go or, or are we, uh, we going to stick with the order here? Um, wow, he's really got that stern expression on over there. Maybe it's the sun. Anyway, pick four. We're going to bump up the Pittsburgh Steelers to plus six and a half on the road at Baltimore this week. These two, two teams always seem to play three-point games, I feel like. We're going to bump up to six and a half because, well, I don't believe Lamar is playing again. He still has been spotted at practice. So it's going to be Ty Huntley against Kenny Pickett. And uh, I'm banking on the Steelers' defense to keep this close. And six and a half, I think, being – I think being, I think it's going to be a three-point game. The six and a half should be more than enough. Sorry about that. Um, and then the second thing I'm going to pair this with, I'm going to bump the Carolina Panthers up to ten and a half. You guys can continue to want to get hurt and take this Tampa Bay Bucks team. But the truth is there's no bigger Brady fan in the USA than me, and they suck. It's plain and simple. They're horrible. I don't see them. They, I've been waiting for them for weeks to turn this thing around, and it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I don't know if it's because he's old. You want to blame Leftwich. You want to blame Bowles. But something is seriously wrong with this team, and I just I, I just don't see how they're going to score again. I think it's going to be another issue where they have, like, three to six points. They struggle in the red zone. They either get, like, think and doink their way down the field, then they have to settle for three, or there's a, some crazy turnover. It's just every week, and now 17 weeks in, or whatever whatever it is, it's not going to change my my mind here. Carolina held them a three last time when they were playing much worse football. When P.J. Walker started that game, everybody thought the Bucs were going to come in and smash them after the pathetic performance they had up in Pittsburgh against Pickett the week before, and they scored three points. Um, this team I still think is a mess offensively. I really do. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose. But – Crazier things have happened. I'm going to take the Panthers up to ten and a half. That should be easy money with that leg. So you part, you pair, uh, you pair those two together. You get minus one fifteen, and that's my fourth pick. All right, the pick of the week. 
pick of the week. Just kidding. The three-team teaser is the pick of the week for me because I don't see any way how it loses. But the straight-up pick of the week, I'm getting back on the train. I got my bags packed. I got a one-way ticket to the promised land. And you know who's driving that train? You know who the conductor is? That is the future MVP of the league. The dog believes it, too. It is Mike effing White. Give me the Jets minus one and a half. Jetties are going to the playoffs. It starts Sunday in Seattle, and then they're going to beat the Dolphins a week from now, and they're going to be in, and they're going to cause an upset in the first round. Just kidding, because they're probably going to end up playing Kansas City or Cincinnati. But either way, the Jets are going to get in. They've got the rookies of the year on both sides of the ball. Sauce Gardner, give him the award now. Garrett Wilson maybe wouldn't have won it if Kenneth Walker didn't get hurt, but he continues to amaze week after week after week. The Jets with Mike White under center versus anybody else, they are a totally different team, and I will keep beating that drum until I am proven wrong. Mike White in those three starts threw for nearly 1,000 yards. The offense operates at an entirely different level with him under center, and the defense, I, I hear a lot of people like, like it, trying to take away credit from this defense the last couple of weeks. When you got Zach Wilson under center and the opposing team starts almost every possession near midfield, yeah, going to be tough for you to stop teams from putting up points. And that being said, the Jets only give up 19 to Jacksonville, who's been red hot. They only give up 20 to Detroit, who was red hot coming into that game. They only give up 20 to Buffalo. The defense has been a top-five unit all year. None of that is changing with Seattle uh, and Geno Smith under center, who, by the way, the shine has totally come off this offense since Kenneth Walker got hurt. Tyler Lockett's banged up. Not sure if he's going to play on Sunday. So Sauce Garner versus DK Metcalf, that is must-watch theater. Give me that all day on Sunday. The Seahawks have lost how many in a row now? Three in a row. They are 0-6 against the spread in the last six weeks. The Jets with Mike White are a playoff team. They will prove it again on Sunday. And another thing I want to address, too, because I always – I feel like we finally abolished that within, like, the last year or two. But remember, it was like, oh, road teams going to the West Coast. They're terrible. Well, road teams going to the West Coast since 2016 cover at a 60% clip. And when those teams are under 500, which the Jets are right now, they cover at a 68% clip. So there's a little historical trend for you as well. Um, Geno Smith in this offense, they are – tail spinning towards the finish line. The defense over the last couple of weeks is exactly who we thought they were. They've got some questionables all over the defensive side of the football as well. But again, for me, this is all about the legend of Mike White getting this team into the playoffs. The Jets win on Sunday. Give me gang green minus one and a half. Mike effing White. You know what? I uh, I feel you, Pat. And I think, I think the side you're on, if I had to pick a straight up side, I would go there as well uh, just because I do think they're going to win this game. But the odds that I feel best about in this game, because they're begging for it, is to put this Seahawks team in a teaser. Because, yes, they haven't exactly been winning games lately. But other than their 14-point loss to the Chiefs, they lost by eight to the 49ers. They lost by six to the Seahawks. They beat the Rams. They lost by six to the Raiders. They lost by five to the Buccaneers. They they beat the – the Cardinals by 10, the Giants by 14, the Chargers, right? Like that's a while ago now, but those were wins. And then when they lose, they've been losing in single digits. They've been losing close games other than the Chiefs. So I'm going with my second teaser of the week here. I'm taking the Seahawks from minus two or plus two. I'm seeing uh, two right now on the spread on, on DraftKings, Pat, but minus one and a half 
is what it was probably, I don't know, 20 minutes ago. So we'll allow it. Uh, but I'm going to go Seahawks up to plus eight. And I'm going to go Steelers like Mark over there with a similar thought. I'm going to do them from a plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half. That's my fourth pick. That's my second teaser of the week. And this is one of those things where I think we got close games on the horizon here. I just went through the Seahawks schedule and what they've been doing to keep things close. Even though Mike White keeps this offense on schedule, I don't think he's a slam dunk. I don't think he's a stud quarterback. I don't align with Mark's crazy take that he sucks. He does not suck. He's a decent quarterback. He's not the future, in my opinion. He might be the future next year, but that's not going to be their end game. Mike White is not the Jets end game. And I think they're kind of showing us that. Uh, and unless he really, really shows out and puts up crazy numbers in the final two weeks and actually looks like a true franchise quarterback, then maybe that'll be their plan A. I still don't know if it'll be their plan A where we sit today. And with that being said, I think the Seahawks are doing enough to just compete, to stay close. They have a chance to win this game. If this game wasn't in Seattle, it would be probably Jets minus three, maybe even three and a half. But guess what? It is in Seattle. So I get them up to plus eight and a half with the perfect teaser leg through the three through the seven. That's why I like them so much on the Steelers Ravens front. I mean, these teams play close games, man. It's what they do. The Ravens haven't been blowing people out with Lamar. They definitely haven't been blowing people out with Ty Huntley. So that's a part of their problem as well. You know, these teams just played a couple weeks ago. Ravens won by two Steelers uh, beat the Raiders last week by three the defense played really well. Steelers beat the Panthers a couple weeks ago. Steelers beat the Falcons a couple weeks ago. They're playing close games. Even when they played the Bengals five, six weeks ago, they lost by just a touchdown. They put up 30 points, right? So the Steelers team is competing at a level that, that is very respectable. And against this offense that we have no clue really what to expect other than a lack of explosivity from the Ravens. That's the only thing that we can count on with the Ravens. Are they going to run the ball really well and be consistent? Possibly. They might. Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins could have great games. It's probably unlikely against the Steelers, and this is probably going to be a lower-scoring game as we expect from Ravens-Steelers. The Ravens' defense has been playing very well, one of the more surprising units in the second half of the season, but it's not going to be enough for them to beat the Steelers by over eight points. They're not built to blow people away with that pathetic, pathetic, pathetic receiving core in Baltimore. All this talk about the Giants and malpractice, giving Daniel Jones no weapons. I double, triple, quadruple down on that same sentiment with the Baltimore Ravens failing Lamar Jackson, failing Ty Huntley, failing this offense without any freaking weapons, failing Mark Andrews, for God's sakes, out there on an island getting double teamed. Tight ends should not be double teamed like that. There should be somebody to keep them honest on the outside, and that person does not exist. So the Steelers defense keeps this one close, plus eight and a half. The Seahawks keep this one close with their playoff hopes on the line, plus eight. That's my fourth pick, minus 120 standard teaser, and my second teaser of the week. All right, pick five. Um, I'm going to tease the Minnesota Vikings up a 10.5 here. A um, little surprised that they're underdogs in this game, to be honest with you. I think they've been getting a little bit of no respect from Vegas lately. We've actually seen that the past three weeks. They were just three-point favorites against the Colts, four-point favorites against the Giants, and just three-point favorites against Mike White in that hilarious line from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, line um, you had a minus nine and a half, right? Did, and they were up they were up twenty to three. Are you still operating as a gas. Yes, yes we are because we've taken a ton of Mike White futures MVP bets from people that listen to you and they're all going bankrupt. Um so Minnesota Vikings up to ten and a half for leg one. Well, how would he be an MVP? What kind of odds are you giving out? Because he's only started three games. Plus one billion. Plus one billion. 
I'll throw. I'll put two dollars on that. You can, you can we, have two dollars. We, we got all the fighting boilermakers that listen to you throwing like ten cents on these props, and they're all going bankrupt. Um. Anyway, back to uh, pick five here. Minnesota Vikings plus ten and a half, just because they just play close games every week. It seems like, um, even when they get down thirty-three to nothing, they find a way to make it a three-point game. Um, even if they do lose, I know Green Bay's like season is on the line for this, but the Vikings win these games because they are a good team. Even though they're close games every week, good teams find ways to win to win games like this. Um, and even if they don't, plus ten and a half. Again, I think it should be more than enough points. Um, been using that logic quite enough lately, boosting teams way over where I think they're going to cover, and it's it's been working for the most part. So Vikings plus ten and a half, and then we're going to pair that with Justin Jefferson over 79 and a half yards in this game. Um, current props at around 95 and a half. Jair, and Al- Jair Alexander did a lot of shit talking earlier this week, saying his 11 catch for 184 yard performance was a fluke in week one, and that they really don't need to change much from what they did. Um, honestly, I think Jefferson blows past the hundred again in in this one, just because these things never go well when opposing cornerbacks call out, call out players like this. Um, but 80 yards should be, should be pretty, uh, pretty, a pretty solid bet here. Um, Justin Jefferson gets 60 yards on the first drive of the game. Um, so we're going to go Vikings plus 10 and a half Jefferson for 79 and a half yards minus one Oh five for pick five. Jair Alexander's been on a heater, though, lately, man, especially with his play and in his post-game press conferences. He's no A.J. Terrell, Pat. Yeah, I think you're looking for – isn't it A.J. Terrell? Yeah, whatever. Terrell, Terrell. Last year was Terrell Island, dude. He was one of the best corners in the league. The fact that you're comparing that to Revis Island is an absolute joke in and of itself. But go ahead. One of your first offenses was Jalen Ramsey. What happened to him this year? Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, for, for 18 weeks. Let me tell you, the sports book took a lot of Jalen Ramsey Defensive Player of the Year futures as well, and that's another reason why we will be fully operational for next season as well. Those are the only two props they offered? Mike White MVP and Jalen Ramsey Defensive Player of the Year? <laughs> only two. The only two. All right, fifth pick. I'm on the opposite side of, of Mark. And, Pete, did you did you take this game, Vikings-Packers? What did you have? I had the Vikings and the I had the Vikings in a tease. Did I not write this down? Where did I put them? I'm pretty sure you got the Vikings up to 10 and a half. Yeah, no, I did. Where did I put them? Did I put them somewhere? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, I didn't I didn't write my pick down. Yeah, Vikings plus 10 and a half and the uh, Browns I did in a teaser. All right, I'm on the opposite side of both of you guys here. There's Hopefully there could be some middle ground so we all win, but I'm on the Packers. Uh, give me the Packers plus one and a half. And why am I taking a plus one and a half versus the money line? Well, money line I think it would have been like plus 102 on the parlay. And plus, I honestly would not be stunned in the slightest if the Vikings win another one score, one point game. Um, That being said, I think the Packers win this, but I will take the extra one and a half points. Packers plus one and a half. Um, I fell into the trap a couple of weeks ago when the Vikings were underdogs on the road in Detroit. They got spanked and I'm not falling into the trap again. Here's a little trend for you. This will just be the 10th time in the last 20 years that a team under 500 will be favored against a team with an 80% win percentage or more in December. The previous nine teams listed as favorites, 9-0. and I think the Packers keep that going. That and nobody beats Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau in December. At least not in the last nine times. Or, yeah, not at least in the last nine times. Uh, in December, 
in the regular season. He's won nine in a row at home in those circumstances. And all time, he is 27-4 and four at Lambeau in December. Now, he can be beaten in January, all right? They're very vulnerable at home in the playoffs. They're one and three in their last four. But in December, with the seasons on the line, with division crowns on the line in recent years, and again, their season on the line here, they've been red hot. It took them all the way until week 14 to finally get going, but they have gotten going. The Vikings, even if this is a one-score game, there were 11-0 and in one-score games this year. If this game is close, that trend ends on Sunday. So Packers will get it done. Uh, the Vikings secondary is horrendous. We've known that all year long. And I know that uh, Christian Watson and Aaron Jones are both questionable. They are playing. They are 1,000% playing on Sunday. The only thing I worry about with Green Bay is the offensive line. Uh, Elgin Jenkins, the left guard, questionable. He just got a contract extension. I expect him to play. And then we're going to see if Bakhtiari can suit up. That would obviously be a huge boost. Had an appendectomy earlier in the month. Um, they're hoping he can play Sunday. The defense has been phenomenal. So I do believe Justin Jefferson goes under 100 yards. Um, I think Alexander steps up and, and this secondary as a whole will limit Jay Jettas, even though he has been nearly unstoppable this year. Uh, they're not going to let him destroy them like he did in week one. So I really, I really like the Packers in this one. I'm going to go ahead and just like I riding into the abyss with Tom Brady, I'm riding into the abyss with one of the other legends of this game under center. Give me Aaron Rodgers and the Packers plus one and a half. And I'm going to parlay that with the Bengals plus seven and a half at home. Joe cool and Cincinnati. They've been on an absolute heater. Both these teams have, I'm hoping this is like the best Monday night football game since we saw the chiefs and the Rams put up a hundred points a couple of years ago. These two teams have combined for 13 straight wins. Cincinnati has been on fire. The offense, they keep covering, they keep winning the offensive line. We'll see how they do without Lyle Collins, who is now out for the season. Um, but I mean, the defense has just stepped up. They've stood on their head. This is the same defense that we saw last year going into the playoffs, getting turnovers, getting red hot. And I doubted them all the way into the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, Buffalo, they've been great. It's tough to bet against the Bills, but I, I think even if they win this game, it's not going to be more, by more than a touchdown. Burrow continues to cover. He continues to be the cover king. So I think the Bengals win this game, but I don't think there's any way at home with a chance to lock up the AFC North that they lose this game by more than a touchdown, especially because the one thing that you can rely on this year is that Josh Allen as awesome, as magical as he is, he's going to turn the ball over and he's going to turn the ball over in the red zone. 13 interceptions this year. That's only second behind Derek Carr, who's got 14 picks. So he's thrown just as many picks as anybody else in the NFL. I think that could cost them late in this game uh, with, with Josh Allen trying to do a little too much. And ultimately, if you put a gun to my head and say, if these two teams meet in the playoffs, I think Buffalo gets them. But here Monday night in Cincinnati, Pretty nice weather. Going to be 50 degrees and clear. Give me the Bengals. So Packers plus one and a half. Bengals plus seven and a half. Minus 111. One thing that I forgot to mention when I talked about the Vikings, so I'm glad you brought this game back to the forefront here, Pat, is twofold. One, the sharp money is coming in on the Packers. Right now, tickets are about even, 50%, give or take. I think it's 53% on the Packers, 47 on on the Vikings right now. It's, a, it's pretty close, right? So 50-50 for argument's sake. 75% of the cash coming in on the Packers. So I think... On a straight-up side, you know, perhaps that's the right place to be. Uh, the one thing that I did hear was a tidbit from Warren Sharp, Sharp Football Analysis and the Ringer Gambling Show. He talked about what the Vikings have been facing over the past couple weeks and what type of defenses specifically. So they've been playing teams that are playing heavy, um, 
heavy man coverage. And Kirk Cousins is way better against zone than he is man. The Giants, the Colts, and the Lions are all heavy man coverage teams. Now the Packers are a zone team. That's what absolutely ruined them in week one is Justin Jefferson just being wide open. If you remember back to week one, which feels like a lifetime ago, and, and we were saying, is anyone going to guard Justin Jefferson? Like, what's going on? So you have to imagine the Packers are aware that uh, Kirk Cousins is better against um, man. I'll uh, get better against zone than man, and they might change their scheme a little bit. But you never know. Some of these coaches are really stubborn, and they run what they run. So for the Packers' hopes, they better change up their defense a little bit because uh, otherwise Kirk Cousins cooks against zone. But again, the money's coming in on the Packers, so perhaps that's the side. I still feel good about my Vikings plus nine. Uh, in that teaser I had my fifth pick going to hold my nose here a little bit. I don't feel absolutely wonderful about this, but it's a side that I, I, I feel like I'm going the right direction here. I'm going with the Chicago bears plus six at the Detroit lions. I know the lions offense has been, you know, this and that over the past X amount of weeks, they have hit a little bit of a lull. Actually, the lions haven't been uh, exactly taking care of business lately. They got embarrassed by the Panthers last week as the Panthers ran all over them. You know, they just snuck by the Jets two weeks ago in that in that game on, on Sunday, which I was actually at. And uh, before that, they did put a little hurt on the Vikings and Jaguars. But when these two teams played each other, it was 31 to 30. And a large part of that success was because the Bears ran all over the Detroit Lions. Now, do I expect Justin Fields to run for 147 yards again? No, I do not. Though my fantasy team would really enjoy that. They really, really would in their championship game. I don't know if Fields going to run for that, but Khalil Herbert averaged almost six yards a carry. David Montgomery averaged over four yards per carry. Justin Fields averaged 11 yards per carry and ran two touchdowns against the Lions. The Lions' biggest weakness is run defense. The Bears' basically only strength is running the football. So I think that's a chance for them to keep this one close. The Lions might very well win this and keep their playoff hopes alive. I think plus six is a good enough number to get here in this divisional game. You know, Jared Goff is indoors in this one. That obviously favors him a decent bit uh, of moving this offense and keeping them on schedule the whole nine. But I'm not ready to just trust the Lions to take care of business and cover a spread like this. You know, I think it's telling that it's not seven. That's not seven and a half because that would probably bring in a boatload of money on the bears, something that maybe the sports books don't want to do. So I'm trying to be sharp here. I'm going with the bears plus six. I'm not going to ride the lions into the sunset or into the abyss. Like you mentioned, Pat, I, I think they're still pretenders enough to not be trusted to cover a spread like this. I think they probably win the game. Maybe uh teasing the lions down to minus one is a reasonable thing to do, but I'm just going straight up bears plus six running the ball down the throats of the Lions, keeping this thing close. Even if they lose, they can cover this one up. So that is my final pick, Bears plus six at the Detroit Lions. There we go. Five picks apiece. We're back at it. Week 17, fellas. Fellas, fellas, fellas. How the heck we feeling? How the heck we feeling over here? Feeling pretty damn good. Feeling pretty damn good. If I will, if I may real quick, Pete, I just want to mention there are all these picks I'd like. There's a couple of picks, though, that I didn't take that I wish that, honestly, we had like seven picks this week because um, one that I love that I didn't take, Texans plus four. I think the Texans can beat the Jaguars. 
The game doesn't mean anything. I know Doug Peterson said that every, they're starting. He's not resting the starters like Tennessee did on Thursday. But I think um, when you look at the historically, I think the Texans have won nine in a row, if I'm correct there. Davis Mills, he's 2-19-1 and against everybody else in the NFL. He's 2-0 against Jacksonville. So, yeah, you can you – know, Doug Peterson can go through his coach speak all he wants. This game doesn't mean anything for Jacksonville. So, I, it's – you know, you talk about the ultimate hold your nose. I think Houston covers and wins that game outright, but I certainly did not want to include it in the five picks considering uh, I like the other picks I had that much more. Um, and then another one is the Rams plus six and a half on the road against the Chargers, right? I love the Chargers once they get to the playoffs. They've clinched that spot. But this game really doesn't mean anything for them now. And I think with the Rams, Baker Mayfield's got a ton to prove. They're as hot as they can be right now. Unfortunately, it doesn't mean anything. Um, but there's no home field advantage. They both play in the same stadium with the same amount of fake fans. <laughs> so I think uh, coming off the high of clinching a playoff spot, I wouldn't be surprised Rams win that game outright. I agree on that. I, I If I had a little more balls and maybe one more pick, I would have ended up going Rams uh, in that game there. The, the spread is six and a half currently. I'm seeing on DraftKings. That's a good number. Rams been playing better. They're running the ball well. This, this, the weird thing is that the Chargers defense has been money for the past like four or five weeks, which is something that we didn't really expect, especially with Joey Bosa out. They're doing a good job. Cam Akers looking good. Rams moving the ball. We'll see. I kind of agree with you on that one, Pat. And how weird of a situation to have the Titans and Jaguars have these week 17 games mean absolutely nothing. Like they could have both lose. They can one win, one lose. Doesn't matter. It all comes down to them facing each other in the following week. And with the Titans and their quarterback situation right now, you know, Dobbs looked fine on Thursday night against the Cowboys, but you know, are we trusting the Titans? I haven't trusted them in six weeks. Personally, I've been trusting the Jaguars here and there. I don't trust them this week to, to cover that Texans are playing these stupid close games. Even if the Jaguars win could be close. I like your thoughts there uh, in general, Pat. I do. I like, I like those thoughts there. I look forward to Jaguars Titans week 18 going to try to find a way to probably back the Jaguars there uh, just because I've been kind of pulling for them all year. I have a future on them winning division. Maybe I'll just hang tight since I have that future. It's kind of like a, a pre-placed plus 225 money line pick next week, which is nice. Um, but yeah, that that's such a weird situation. And, and we'll see what kind of gusto the Jaguars come out with on Sunday. Mark, how about you? What do you want to add? Anything? Pete, I'd take the under on Mike White's passing TDs, but neither DraftKings nor the other book that is associated with this have a line for it. I wonder why. Uh, that's because player props don't usually come out until Saturday. No, nope, they're, they're out for pretty much every other game, and there's a line for Geno Smith, but there's not one for Mike White. Really? How about that? You know, and, and uh, that's interesting. I'm surprised it's not out. You know, you think there'd be a lot of action on that because Mike White's such a talking point. Well, look, I don't know what what Pat's fan base is is going to bet on this weekend if they don't put a lineup for it. So, <laughs> well, what's his yards? Because I'll take the over no matter what it is. Two fifty and a half. Oh, easily, I'm hammering that. When he breaks his fingernail on the first drive, let me know how that goes for you. He broke his ribs and played yeah. through that, so I don't think that's, I don't think a broken yeah, fingernail is going to stop him. That's a foul, Mark. That's a foul. This man's what, he tough. He hurt his forearm last last year, and he was out for like three weeks. Guy can't get out of well, his own way. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I'd take over 250 and a half, too, if he's going to throw the ball 75 times a game like they've been doing when he plays. So, I mean, he might as well be able to get there with that many attempts. You know what? He, he may just. He may just. I, I can't wait. I'm going to. I mean, I have the Seahawks plus eight, but I'm mostly watching that game. Just as a as a fan, I I think with the plus eight, I'm feeling decent about that to cover there anyway. Obviously, that's why I took it. Uh, I look forward to it because no matter what happens, the discourse is going to be crazy on Mike White. You know, the only way that it's not crazy is if like he plays very 
average and they win by three. So it is what it is. But, you know, that's all we got. Subway Sports Talk, week 17 picks, five picks a piece. I'm off a of four and one. I'm looking for six straight winning weeks, fellas. Six straight. That'll be a heater, if you will. So I'll look to keep that one going. You guys both off two and three looking to bounce back with a win. So that's it. Subway Sports Talk. That's all we got. Week 17 picks. We'll be back next week with some week 18 picks. And uh, I'll be on vacation the week after that. Got to figure out what I'm going to do. I'm in Hawaii in two weeks for a wild card weekend. I don't know what's, we're going to have to figure out some way for me to get my picks in. I don't know if I'm going to record a while in Hawaii. That seems, that seems unnecessary, but we'll figure something out. That's all we got. You you better get used to like two o'clock football. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's a couple, a couple bars. I mean, I don't know. 7 a.m. football. Yeah. That's right, man. 7 a.m. football. Maybe I'll be in the hotel room. Uh, just on the bed, wake up six thirty. Is DraftKings? Like, yeah, like, I mean, like the prime time games are gonna be like two o'clock for you or something crazy like that. But yeah, you better get ready. Yeah, uh, better get ready for that. So I hope DraftKings is legal in Hawaii. I gotta check. I gotta look into that. You might have to go offshore. You might have uh, to go. Uh, out. You might have to go Oahu offshore book. <laughs> I'll get take out to the volcano if I'm not paying up by the time I leave. Who knows? <laughs> All right, fellas. Thank you, as always. Spend time with me. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your football, everybody. Good luck on your picks. Hopefully, we help you parse out your ideas for your own picks. If not, you take some of our own. That's what we got. Subway Sports Talk Week 17 for Pat Boyle, for Mark Shen Lugan. I'm Pete Kennedy. Cheers. We'll talk to you soon.